Welcome to the Managing Happiness Podcast, helping you to find your true purpose, bring out your A-game, and cultivate the right habits. We're interviewing experts, authors, and thought leaders who are here to share their tried and tested methods that will help you to thrive in life. Here's your host. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Happiness Podcast. And today my guest is Dom Brightman. He is a certified self-leadership expert with John Maxwell team of, uh, from Baltimore. And he's also the author of two books. One is Going North, Tips and Techniques to Advance Yourself. And this is all, all about it, managing happiness to be a new personal A-game. So I'm really looking forward to learning from Dom. He also wrote a book, follow-up bestseller, called Stay the Course, The Elite Performer's Seven Secret Keys to Sustainable Success. And Dom, I'm really looking forward to nerding out with you on how to stay in the A-game, how to manage happiness. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me on, man. This is a D&D hour. I'm not even a Dungeons and Dragons guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a computer geek. Actually, I was into that stuff like many, many years ago. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. It's coming back to you. This might be a sign. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Dom, when, when you hear managing happiness, what comes to your mind? How do you manage your happiness? Uh, what comes to mind when I hear managing happiness? Well, when I hear managing happiness, I'm just thinking about, hey, Really focusing on what brings you joy and happiness, because truth be told, happiness comes from within. It comes from having a true purpose, from always growing and getting better every day, because that's what I truly believe that growth truly is happening. And when you manage your self-growth, because that includes your personal, professional, spiritual, all-in-one self-growth as a whole being, you will definitely enjoy life a lot better. We always want to grow and expand. You know, if a business is not growing anymore, it's dying. If a, if a tree is not growing anymore, it's dying. And if also if you are not growing anymore, you're kind of on your way out. Also, if a relationship's not growing anymore, it becomes stale and cool anymore. So we always want to grow and expand. I'd love to dig in a little bit on the books that you've written. And so we can kind of like extract things from there for our community on things like how to advance yourself or about the seven secrets to sustainable, sustainable success, you know, to stay on your A-game. Well, sure thing. Definitely. Well, I guess let's plant some trees then. So uh, going north, funny enough, that book, <laughs> that actually was written on a dare, kind of back to that whole self-growth thing. And when you mention relationships, because funny enough, that book started off as a dare because I was handing out reading lists to people instead of business cards because, hey, wanted to be more memorable as opposed to joining the graveyard of fellow business cards. So reading lists were my jam. And one lady had caught eye of the list that I was adding it to. She was like, hey, so where's your name on this list, buddy? And I'm like, I was like 22 at the time. And I'm like, dude, what the heck am I going to write about? I'm 20 freaking two. And she was like, hey, how about we both become published authors a year from today? And I'm like, you know what? That's a darn good idea. I am so not going to do that. And then the conversation <laughs> was over. But lo and behold, a year later, I actually became a published author and took her up on a dare. Anyway, because she originally dared me first before offering to join in on the mutual growth cause. And that book is a synthesized package of the things that have helped me to advance in life. And one of those things, if you're going to manage your happiness, is asking yourself powerful questions because questions provoke thought. And when you have new thoughts, you're going to have to eventually act on and make them part of your reality. Because at the end of the day, our reality happens from really the thoughts that we think the actions that we take and vice versa because the thing is like one of the major things that i've learned is that when you write things down you'll eventually 
make things happen. And one powerful question that folks can take home with them, heck, even Benjamin Franklin did this every day, is what good will I do today? And this podcast about managing happiness. So it's like, all right, if you want to be happy, do something good, especially if it's for someone that can't repay you. And for a while, I wasn't giving like random spare change to homeless people because one time, one night, I saw one guy getting a brand new truck after he was begging for donations on the side of the road. And I'm like, dude, like, are all the freaking panhandlers doing that? But I realized, you know what? I think I'm going to focus on having abundance mentality. Started just giving spare change to folks, especially if they really look like they're really going through something, especially nowadays, and money just flowed to me out of nowhere. Got random $20 bills out of nowhere, just came flying at me at random times during the week. And it's all because the thing is, if you're a little bit liberal and you have a heart to serve and a heart to give and do good in the world, it's going to come back to you. It's kind of like the whole karma thing folks are familiar with. You do good, good will come back to you. It may not be when you want it to all the time. Let's get that part right too. But it's definitely going to come back to you. So not only asking yourself, what good am I going to do today? But also taking action on that and then reflecting at the end of your day and asking, what good did I do today? Because if you didn't do something good at the end of your day, then you'll have to double up the following day or maybe find something quick to do before you really retire for the night and just get your mindset focused on the good and what you can do in your own circle of control. There's a lot of things I want to pick up on. One of the things I love that you ask yourself powerful questions. I have a long list of questions that I ask myself on a regular basis, especially when I plan my week and I go through my personal mission, my vision, my values, the rules that I have in my life and I plan my week, I ask myself a few questions. And I love the one that you ask yourself, like, how can I be of value? Or how can I be of service today? Because also when you build a business, kind of in anything that you do, if you come from this angle of like, not what can I get out of it? Because this is like a scarcity mindset versus like, what can I give? What can I provide? How can I be of service? It's like more of an abundance mindset. And money is a side effect of providing value. So if you figure out how to provide value to as many people as possible, you know, you'll be the richest person around at some point because it just kind of like always flows back. And, you know, in your business, it's kind of like correlated, like how much value you provide to your customers. But also I, I still believe like even if you just like do random acts of kindness or whenever I meet somebody on the plane or wherever, I always figure out like, okay, here's a new human being. Let's see how can I provide value to this person. And somehow it always comes back and not immediately, but it always comes back. And also the reflection thing is actually, actually really good to have like the check-in. How do you do it? For example, I have a gratitude rock that I pick up every morning as a reminder to go through the things that I'm grateful for. Throughout the day, sometimes I feel it in my pocket and think like when I'm stressed out, like, and actually everything's good, you know, kind of brings you back to this all is well state of mind, realizing how much beauty I have in my life. At the end of the day, when I take the stone, up, you know, take out my wallet and my phone and my stone, it reminds me to ask myself this question. So I'm, I'm curious, like, how do you make sure you ask yourself these questions? For me, I love that gratitude rock, by the way. It's a great idea. One thing that I've been doing for years is just writing down that question on big four by six index cards, sometimes three by five index cards. The question would be on the front and then my response would be on the back. And what I've noticed stronger results usually come when I usually ask those questions, at least the questions of what good will I do today right before I go to bed because that way my brain is cooking up ideas while I'm asleep during that recovery phase. And that's another way to manage your happiness is by getting sleep. I know it's easier said than done, especially those going through insomnia, especially if you drink some water when you first wake up within the first 30 minutes, like 
getting yourself some sleep at least it varies for other people but usually a good seven and a half hours of sleep some are good for four but getting some great solid rest and sleep water when you first wake up and then asking yourself those powerful questions before you go to bed because the thing is while your brain is rejuvenating while your body's rejuvenating you'll have a random thought in the middle of the day sometimes be like oh wait here's my chance to really do good for somebody like hey they have an issue with their computer or their pc like hey i could probably point them in the right direction here or there may be that person needed to call, haven't called in a while, check up on them, see how they're doing. Like even making a call that I probably should have been making weeks ago and it could have been taken care of easily, just doing those things. And those are just two of the questions. There's actually five I usually do. This isn't in the five, but it's one that my coach actually brought to my attention. And that is, how can I add more value to more people in less time? And one of the major ways for me to do that is through my own podcast, Going North, by giving authors a platform to get their voices and stories out there. And my goal with the show, one of them, is to interview over a thousand authors across the globe. And I'm about 540-ish authors there. So, like, just providing solid value to people and always having that servant leadership mindset. As for the other three, the preparation, I like to break them down as the preparation, action, reflection. Preparation is what good will I do today? That was the first question. Follow-up question is what can I share? This can be a kind word. This can be some time with others, a great conversation. This could even sharing some time, talent, a treasure to a charitable nonprofit organization. Heck, even once again, if it can do something for someone who can never pay you back. And if they don't know about it too, that's even a bonus. And the third question this is in the action phase of what must I do? So is there a course I need to finish adding some lessons to? Is there a course I need to finish taking? Do I have to get a certain amount of words towards my book? Because one goal I actually set for myself, I have to get 3,000 words toward my upcoming book before Monday, at least at the time of this recording. So just writing down those things, what must I do? Then we get to the second question I mentioned earlier, that was kind of a follow-up to the first one is, what good did I do today? Because if you did the first question and you answered that one with this one, you're on a good path. All the puns intended with that one. And to put the bottle cap on this bottle of thought-provoking questions would be, what did I learn today? Because you can learn anything from anybody. Like, it, it doesn't matter. Even if they may be a bad influence, like, they, you can still learn from them of what not to do. Like good leadership involves learning what bad leaders do and make sure that you avoid them like the plague. Sometimes you have to ask yourselves, what do I need to stop doing to do more of what I love? So those are the five major questions I ask myself daily. I love it. Thank you very much. I like the reflection part. I can definitely expand on the reflection. A few questions I always ask myself, especially when I plan the week is, what would I focus on if I've only had four hours to work this week? You know, kind of give me like real clarity on like what I really want to knock out and make sure that this is what I'm doing first, you know, in the week. Kind of gets on top of my priority list. The second thing is what I ask myself every day, what's the frog? Kind of what's the task that I, that's important, but I may be procrastinating on. And one's like, how can I provide the most value this week for all the different roles in my life? You know, like different roles, like I'm a father, I'm a husband, I have my businesses and a lot kind of like thinking about these different area roles that I have in my life. What are the three biggest problems right now? So I can kind of figure out like, you know, what to solve. What should I start or what should I stop? I do this kind of once a month kind of reflection on that personally and also in, in my businesses. 
Uh, what's unclear right now always gives me some clarity. I, I could go on. I have, have, have a long list of questions, but yeah, I think it's super powerful. And, and yours just have been added. So thank you very much for that, Dom. Sweet. The book of questions, baby. You got to let me know when that list <laughs> launches, man. <laughs> I probably do like some social media thingies, you know, kind of like pump them out. You also said like in terms of your purpose, kind of like understanding your purpose and your mission or vision and in the Managing Happiness Clubs, we help people to figure out their personal mission and vision and their core values. I'm curious if you have those defined for you. Sure thing. Major purpose is to help folks live better lives. That's the big gray area purpose. And to drill down, a facet of that is helping folks to share their stories and create their own piece of immortality. Because in a wonderful book, I recommend a lot of books to read, especially if you're in business. It's a book by Joe Vitale called The Seven Loss secrets for success and happiness. He mentioned Bruce Barton, this American millionaire who was actually a millionaire before the Great Depression. And he talked about the business that nobody knows and how he joined the business of immortality by writing a book. And that's one way to really leave a piece of yourself here long after you're gone, a way to live on forever long after you're gone. And I've done that three times in my life. And little did I know, writing my first book, six other people would actually write their books because they saw some random millennial write and publish a book, get himself out there, promote himself to the freaking moon and have conversations with millionaires like, hey, wait a second. This millennial was freaking 23, wrote a book, published it and doing book signs and events. And I'm freaking 60 and I didn't. OK, I got to write my books. <laughs> it's like like action is the inspiration. So that that's really just the main thing is to help folks advance in life and live better lives. And one way is to help them inspire and equip them to create their own piece of immortality, because that's just one of those benefits of just getting out there and taking action. Because the person listening right now, your action is the inspiration for someone else to manage their happiness at a higher level and to live at a higher level of living. So definitely take that to heart. Your actions today can inspire somebody tomorrow. That's beautiful. I love it. I also really like the idea that you get handed out your reading list and set up your business card. You know, I think it's super cool. I always ask people, especially when I hire them, three books that had the biggest impact in your life because A, I want to learn about cool books and B, I want to see if people are in a growth mindset. Otherwise, I really don't want them to be in my team. You know, So what are the three books that had the biggest impact and what's the last book you've read? And if they can't really give a good answer, it makes me question this. So I'm curious, what are the three books that had the biggest impact in your life? So since so uh follow the Christian path, the Bible, that's, the biggest book. It's kind of a collection of books, to be honest. It's a big book that's a collection of books, especially the Proverbs. The Proverbs, starting with that book, reading a chapter a day, definitely aligned my thinking for more growth. The second book is a book by John C. Maxwell called The 21 Indispensable Qualities of a Leader. And that one's a black, green, and gold book. That book made me become an ambivert as opposed to just being a plain introvert. Because one of the major lessons from that book that he mentioned that his father did and that he does himself was to walk slowly through the crowd. And walking slowly through the crowd led me to advance in my life in a volunteer organization to high levels of leadership that weren't even in my radar at all. So that book is definitely the second one. And the third one, that's probably going to be a real hard one because a lot of them, because I, I read at least 30 plus books a year, but the third one that comes to mind, I will say, will be 
a book by David Schwartz, the same guy who wrote The Magic of Thinking Big. He wrote another book called The Magic of Getting What You Want. And in that book, he mentioned an activity where you write your own personal obituary. And funny enough, that activity, I wrote out my own personal obituary. One of those things was I was going to be a published author, multiple books. Lo and behold, after that activity, a few months later, I met that same woman that dared me to write a book. So that goes to show you like, hey, <laughs> when you write things down, they will eventually happen. Like if you, <laughs> they will happen. So those are definitely the three books I recommend folks to pick up. So the Bible itself, especially reading the book of Proverbs, you don't even have to be a Christian or a spiritual person to read that book, especially the Proverbs. The 21 Qualities of a Leader by John Maxwell, books like 190 pages, easy read. And the third book, The Magic of Getting What You Want by David Schwartz. I think that one was like 260 pages. So the last two aren't that big at all. You can break it down in chunks and change your life. I haven't read both of them, so I'll definitely check them out just to add them to my reading list. How about the second book that you wrote? Oh, yeah, Stay the Course. Yeah, the one with the long title that a lot of hosts trip up on. You gain 50 experience points for not tripping up on that title. <laughs> <laughs> folks <laughs> be like god that title's long but anyways that book actually came from a lack well i wouldn't say a lack but i'd say requiring a new level of self-awareness because that book was published two years after losing my father to dementia because the first book that was published october 2016 then that christmas after having some spending some time with my dad and my family and he was able to have a break from the nursing home he had a bad fall cracked five ribs and his lung collapsed and he never really recovered from that and he passed away march 2017. after the funeral everything still going through some grief there was some anticipatory grief because he had alzheimer's for about a good six seven years and we knew the day was coming and i thought i was okay but still had a full-time day job at a library and boss called me in a couple months later that summer, he's like, hey, you sure you're doing all right, buddy? Because you're screwing up in all of these different areas. And I'm like, oh, crap. I thought I got past this. Like, darn, I, th I thought we were done with this. But apparently not. And that real led me to the realization, again, if you're going to manage happiness, you're going to have a high level of self-awareness. And thus, the thesis of the book is that elite performers are those with high levels of self-awareness. And self-awareness goes into at least five different areas that I put into an acrostic called Mitch. So if you want to go through that, I could go through that if you want. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So there's the big, wonderful cloud of self-awareness. But under the cloud, we have this rate that leads to the M. That leads to mental awareness because you have to be aware of your mindset. There's a reason why the mindset is preached so heavily nowadays and having your mindset right, especially having the right mentality to create the reality of your dreams. Then there's the I, which is influence awareness, being aware of the environment that you're in, like the things that you watch, the things that you listen to. The people you hang out with, like everything else. Exactly. So like that circle of influence is not just the people, but everything in your environment. Are you around things that will actually benefit you as opposed to keep you down a peg and keep you in a little swamp of negativity. <laughs> I mean, even like, I think your environment is so powerful. Uh, you know, your environment trumps your willpower. For example, I just don't buy any sweets. We have like no sweets and snacks at home because if we have them in the evening when my willpower is depleted, I'll just eat it, you know, but just make it easy myself. I don't have it. Or like my personal trainer comes to my house at 6 a.m. three times a week. 
If I didn't sleep well or whatever, the dude's there. He's going to ring the bell. <laughs> you, know, so like, you know, I just kind of make it easy for myself to have these crutches, you know, even though it was like a long discussion with my wife, like, oh, we don't have any. When guests come, we have nothing to offer. It's like, doesn't matter. I'll drive to the store and buy something, you know, but uh, control environment. So what's the tea? Sure thing. Solid elite performance habit right there, dude. Kudos to you, man. That takes a willpower right there and controlling your environment and managing your happiness. But also the T is for time awareness. A lot of folks like to think about time management. I know the show is called managing, but the thing is time management really is a fallacy. It's really attention management. And I wish I could claim fame to that thought, but I got that from Mara Neville Thomas, attention management, because the thing is, we all get the same amount of time in a day, but where our attention goes is where our time is going to go. Like if your attention is on Netflix, binging a whole series all day, then that's where it's going to go and you didn't get nothing done. But if your attention is more towards your business and your health and your spiritual development, like that's... Oh, I don't have time to work out. Like, no, you don't put any priority <laughs> on it. You know, it's, it's that simple. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You got to know where your priorities lie. Is your priority living long and healthy or is your priority just vegging out and trying to silence out the outside world <laughs> and put your head in the sand forever. <laughs> so we're MIT. What's the C? The C, and we kind of alluded to it earlier a bit, but this one's connection awareness, building relationships, especially with folks who bring high value to the world. And like, the thing is like, are you connecting with people that'll help you reach to your next level? Cause the thing is, as you're really managing your happiness. Sometimes you have to let go of certain people yep. in your life. You have to distance certain people from your life. And it's just going to really happen. Like you just have to add that to just charge to the game, as some say, and just keep on advancing because some folks aren't meant to be in certain parts of your life. And the H, being aware of your habits, because the thing is, one of the major things that set me back in the, with the grief and everything else is that I also had a bunch of weight gain because I wasn't getting enough sleep. And my dieting, my nutrition was so horrible because I was always go, go, go and do, 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 but trying to stick a bunch of caffeine in me to keep on going when that doesn't do me any good in the long run. So having to limit the caffeine and getting more sleep and actually saying no to more things helped me to actually get back to where I need to be. And it's all because of habit. Awareness. So self-awareness in those five different areas is something that'll help you to really grow at a higher level and have a higher level of happiness. A lot of what you just shared is also what we do in the Managing Happiness Clubs. We, you know, one key element is habit tracking. I'm a big believer your habits determine everything in your life. If you're rich or poor, or happy or unhappy, obese or in shape, it all boils down to which habits you cultivate. It becomes much easier when you do this in a group of people, with a group of people, you know, with a club, with like-minded individuals who call you out on your, on your shit. And the, the positive peer pressure of having the, and we have a group habit tracker. Everybody sees how everybody else is doing with their habits. It's transparent, you know, and you don't want to be the one of the group who's like kind of not doing the homework. Another thing you said, it's like, we're very similar in this regard. I'm, I'm, I call myself a recovering introvert. I used to be very, very introverted. Mm -hmm. And I worked through that. I did Toastmasters twice a week. I went to two networking events per week to overcome this shyness or whatever. I was even uncomfortable on conference calls, you know. So it was really bad. And so I saw a friend of mine who was like crushing it at the conferences with networking. I thought, okay, I want this. And the exposure therapy helped, but the real switch was flipped in my head when my yoga teacher said, every decision in life, you either make it out of love or out of fear. These are the basic emotions why you do anything in your life. And if you do it out of love, it's, you know, you're on the right path. If you do it out of fear, you're in the wrong path. And 
So public speaking, for example, I would have never done or having a podcast. No way. I would have never done this. I would prefer to shoot myself in the face. But now if I, <laughs> now if I speak on, on a stage and front of people or doing a podcast, I act out of love because what I have to share can help people in their life or in their business. And I make it about them versus if I make it about myself. Like, do people think I have a weird German accent? Do people think I look weird? Do people think what I'm saying is stupid? And then I freeze and I can't, you know, then full of fear and I can't do this or selling. If I want to sell you something, I used to hate sales with a passion, but, um, you know, if I know this is a good product and I know this product will help you in your life in the business, I could say, oh man, dude, buy this. It's going to be amazing because I do this because I want to provide a value to you versus providing value to me, kind of being of service versus doing it for myself for egotistical reasons. If I do this for myself, you know, because I have to pay my mortgage, if I hit my sales numbers, I can't sell for the life of me. But once I know it's a good product and I know that you're the right customer for this product, then I can be, even be pushy. You know, so it's like really changed everything, became my mantra from a spiritual perspective. I had a, like a very broad exposure to different religions. My father and a few friends brought Shambhala to Europe, which is a Buddhist religion. So the first few years of my life, I lived in a Buddhist monastery. And then I was Roman Catholic and I was an altar boy. My mother was Roman Catholic, so I was an altar boy, even had altar boy for a brief amount of time. And then I turned 15, started smoking weed, and I didn't really care about anything anymore. I just like partied. It and then I, it happens. <laughs> happens, yeah. And then I met my wife, who's Turkish and has Muslim parents. So I kind of like dug into Islam and I lived Islam for seven years straight, like to a T, everything besides from going to Mega, but like praying and, you know, kind of like the whole shebang. And then I moved to LA and became more spiritual. And so, you know, like yoga and stuff like this. And I think all these different religions just want to say one thing, which is make decisions of love and not fear. This is like the underlying message that they all want to share, you know, just like with a lot more words. So I think like if you kind of really boil it down to the essence, that's the message. And this is, you know, what I'm, what became a mantra and what I want to do my best in my lifetime to make people understand that if they just like follow the simple rule that then they're on the right path. Dude, amen to that. That's what I'm talking about. This is the number one message that I want to get into everybody's head, you know, love, not fear stickers and t-shirts and stuff like this. <laughs> what you're sharing with the world or what you share here on the podcast, what is the number one thing that you want the listener to take away, take, take home with, integrate into their life or like, you know, what do you want to make them aware of? Not to say unselfishness. And this actually stuck out to me because I just got back from a leadership conference a couple of days ago where I heard Joel Mansby speak on his book, Love Works, and unselfishness is just thinking of yourself less. And that leads to the message that, or I say my slogan of advance others to advance yourself. Because you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want, as the late Gray Zig Ziglar would say. And if you help others advance, you too will advance in life. So I'd say help out your fellow neighbor, help out your Hello, human being, no matter what the case, if it, as long as it's legal, let me say that part too. If it's something illegal, don't help them out with that. You don't want to advance into prison. Don't do that. <laughs> let me put that out. Break, break <laughs> the rules, just not the law. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Follow the laws. Yeah. Rid of the Caesar with Caesar, man. Like, don't get yourself in trouble, but just like help others and you too will get that help back again. Like it may not be in the time you want it, but it'll be at the right time when you truly Need is so advance others to advance yourself. Any other tools or resources you want to recommend to the audience? Well, books are always great. One book I'm actually going through right now. Well, one of them I go through ten books at a time. 
<laughs> but um, <laughs> the self aware leader by John Maxwell. That's one of his newer books. That's and it's a short book. Definitely that book. Of course, the Going North podcast is a resource. Also, for those who hate gratitude journals, try calling them a victory log instead. Like tracking all your wins for the day, and just saying, "Hey, okay, I woke up today. That's a win. Went to work on time. That's a win." Just tracking small wins and victories, and that can be another way of seeing. Your gratitude journal is a put as a victory log instead, because a lot of <laughs> what I've noticed is that there's a lot of folks that love gratitude and there's a lot of folks that agree with it, but there's folks who just don't like gratitude journals at all. But if, hey, if you want to see yourself as a winner, then, hey, call it a victory log as opposed to uh, a gratitude journal. Tom, this is awesome. Thank you very much for sharing. Where can people find you? They can find me anywhere. Dom Bradman can be found. Like, Google me. I'm there. But for those who like to go to a direct website and not fall for the black hole of the internet, head over to <laughs> DomBreitman.com for all things Dom. <laughs> all on DomBreitman.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so people can find the podcast and your books and, and everything there. You're already at episode 481. That's really cool. Ah, likes a bunch. <laughs> it's going to be huge. That's right. No stopping the chocolate train, baby. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Dom, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for what, doing what you're doing. Really appreciate it. Helping people to stay in the A-game. And hope we chat soon. Woohoo! Looking forward to it, David. you the man. People, if you enjoy this content, please leave us reviews in the iTunes store. It helps us to advance the podcast. Really appreciate it. And also check out Dom's podcast called The Going North Podcast. Rock and roll. We're out. We're out.